The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Barker here and welcome to an episode of the New Grad Physio podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the the hamstrings and, and specifically my thoughts around different types of exercises and, and ultimately the the best exercise for the, the hamstring because there are so many out there you know you think about your deadlift variations RDLs hamstring bridges sliders Nordics there's a there's a whole host of different exercises you can choose when you work in with a patient or an athlete uh, in rehab that is recovering from a hamstring injury or, or indeed another injury where you, where you wanted to program hamstring um, biased exercises clearly wherever you look you know you look at all the evidence and it's and it's relatively robust now that there's a there's a clear link between improving hamstring strength and reducing hamstring injuries and i guess that's pretty obvious when we think about it really we we increase the capacity of a muscle whether that's a hamstring whether it's a different you know muscle in the, in the body it doesn't really matter that muscle then has a higher threshold so in theory, it's going to have, a, I guess, a, a greater buffer before it actually breaks. And again, that seems pretty simple, right? But the thing that you know that I'd always say, and, and this is off the, I guess, to give some context, this is off the back of, of seeing so many athletes and so many patients break down and break down and, and re-injure having had a, a muscle injury, hamstrings, calves, groins, you, you sort of name it. If it was just about increasing strength and increasing the capacity of a muscle, why is it then that some of the strongest athletes, those that test, you know, awesome with all this testing we do and and lift really well in the gym, post big numbers, why is it that these athletes and these patients still break down? They get an injury, they go back to football, to rugby, to running, whatever it may be, and they break down again. It might be the same injury, it might be another muscle injury. So for me, it can't just be strength, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we as we sort of get into the podcast. A lot of the strength-based research and strength, you know, improvements and injury reduction um, involves 
related to the hamstrings anyway, it relates to eccentric hamstring strength and, 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 the, and the Nordic hamstring size is an exercise that is obviously given a, a lot of sort of credence, but it's an exercise that I actually don't use very much. And there's quite a few reasons why. One of the one of the big reasons is typically regarding the sort of foot position. The reason I don't like uh, the Nordics and tend to use different types of exercises is, you know, when you're doing a Nordic, the feet are free, so they're they're not in contact with anything. They're not in contact with, you know, the wall, the floor. Um, it's an open chain type of exercise, so it's great for improving, you know, eccentric. Um, hamstring strength and if that's what you're trying to achieve then that's great but I just don't think it has great carryover to function so we think about what's happening when the hamstrings are working when we're walking when we're running that the feet are in contact with the ground so we're doing an exercise where the feet are not in contact with the ground so what I tend to use for a lot of the exercises that I use in relation to the hamstring is I actually tend to favor exercises where the feet are in contact with something, either the floor or something else. So as a, um, as a variation to the Nordic, I use quite a lot of glute ham rays, um, isometrics and, and repetitions, as opposed to Nordics, where you can still get that isometric or eccentric, depending on the exercise you're doing, um, hamstring work, but the foot's actually in contact with something. So the foot plate at the back and, and I just tend you know to find this carries over uh, much better because a lot of the rehab I've done probably up to that point has been in positions with the foot in contact with the floor I'm trying to normalize foot pressures and trying to get the the hamstring working with the the quad the calf the glutes all together and I just don't feel you get that with with the Nordic that said you know it is a great exercise if you wanting to improve eccentric um, hamstring strength so again if that's your goal with your patient then it's exercise that you can use. And there's also a few other reasons. One of the big reasons as well is is typically people that do Nordics very well. They're, they're a pretty high-level exercise, and a lot of athletes, even high-level athletes and, and you know patients, it's really struggle to do the exercise well. So one of the common compensations you see is that, that sort of movement into lumbar extension. They try and jam up through their back, and ultimately they're turning what could be quite a good exercise into actually quite a quite a poor exercise by actually using the the wrong muscle groups and, and compensating in a way which which we don't really want when we're doing any type of rehab we want our our patients our athletes to be able to do the exercise as well with good form and actually recruit the muscles we're actually trying to use if you want to know a little bit more about um i guess about getting strong or you know why why, why you can go wrong ultimately getting strong it's you know it's not all about strength and there's much more to, to rehab i'm going to be revealing a bit more in um, a free webinar i'm holding i'll have some details of that at the end of the podcast so keep your ears tuned in but sticking with hamstring injuries and, and again all the evidence all the research that's gone on over the you know the last few decades all the advances in testing and monitoring all the fancy equipment we've got to our disposal now, hamstring injuries are still happening. In fact, you know, it's much worse than that. So in some sports, hamstring injury incidence is actually higher now than it was 30 years ago. So the first thought you've probably got is, of course it is Andy, you know, sport is, you know, 
faster athletes are fitter they're stronger they run quicker etc etc so more muscle injuries are, are probably inevitable and there might be some truth in that you know i'm not saying that there's not but for me shouldn't those advances in the in the evidence in the science in the testing the monitoring the better treatment techniques we can offer our patients and athletes the better rehab protocols we have for hamstring injuries shouldn't these i guess you know, take account for this. There's a body of evidence now around injury prevention and all this information that we've got. You know, for me, I think it should. You know, we should be be able to do a better job. And again, there's been this real bias. And strength is important. I'm not trying to you know devalue the value of strength in rehab. And it's it's one of you know um, part. It's part of the rehab process. But if it was just about strength then we probably wouldn't be seeing the injuries and the re-injuries re that we that we are seeing. And for me, we're missing something. So what, what is it that we're we're actually missing? And, and again, strength is important, but for me, it's, it's not the, the be-all and end-all. It's just part of that sort of jigsaw piece in the, in the rehab process because you can make your athlete and patient as strong as an ox, as strong as, as they can, can, could be. But some of them are still going to go back and still break down. So again, if you've done that and you've made your patient, your athlete, as strong as an ox, and they go back in, you've done all the testing, they look great, and all the testing stuff, they're super strong, and then they break down again. Clearly, it's not a, an issue of strength, unless you've obviously progressed them too quickly um, and then loaded them up too quickly, returning back into running or sport, whatever it may be. That said, you know if you've made them strong and they've gone back and broken again, then clearly it's probably not a strength issue. And one thing that I'd I'd always um, get you to think about when you're working with muscle injuries, and particularly with overuse injuries, um, particularly with patients who've had problems with re-injuries, particularly regarding muscles, have you actually thought? So we'll take a hamstring injury um, patient, you know, who's struggled with recurrent hamstring problems. Have you have actually thought that their hamstring might actually be working too hard? And hence, that is the main reason that's actually broke in the in the first place. And then by you actually making it stronger, you're actually probably going to make the problem worse rather than than better. So I guess to bring this to 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 a head, the the failure in rehab is is often us the the physios and we and for me we, we sometimes get it wrong. And this is not just new grads, you know, those of you that have just graduated or those of you still start studying and working with patients with hamstring injuries or, or other muscle injuries. Even top level physios, you know, working in sport and private practice make these these sort of same same mistakes during the rehab process where they they miss important information, they miss important milestones, they skip certain parts of the, the sort of rehab process, leaving it in in essence incomplete and you know give their patients their athletes the green light to return to things like running to sport when they're just not ready and the result is is those patients that do break down again they're, they're back in the clinic they're back on the treatment table in the in the medical room you know they've gone back having recent return from a soft tissue injury and they picked up another injury you know and you're back on the treatment table you're back assessing them and you're back at square one, starting that rehab process all over again, and it's it's a pretty tough place to be. And and again, so you know the one thing, you know, I would always get you to think about is, and, and probably understand is strength is highly highly important in the rehab process. And clearly, we 
we need to make our athletes and our patients strong enough to go back to the activities that they want to go back into. But strength is not the be all and end all. And, the, and if there's other parts of the rehab process that you've not ticked off and your patient athlete has not earned the right to progress, strength would be one of those, but there's, there's, there's certainly several others as well, then you're ultimately maybe setting yourself up for failure. And it's probably no surprise that some of the athletes, some of the patients that you work with, are going to go back into to running, to sport, to back to work, whatever it may be, and actually break down again. So if you want to, I guess, to better understand how to plan a rehab program from start to finish and know when your patient or athlete is ready to progress or regress if you need to do it at certain points during the rehab process, to have the confidence that you've covered all bases and that they are going to go back into activity, whatever that may be, and they're not going to break down again, then my upcoming webinar is for you. So it's titled, Why You Can Go Wrong Getting Strong. So this is a live webinar. It's taking place on Wednesday, the 19th of October, 2022 at 7.30. So that's British summertime, UK time. For those of you outside of the UK, this is live. I'm not going to be making a recording. Um, well, I, I tell a lie, I will be making a recording, but then that's just, that'll be edited and then posted in the private area, the members area of my new graph physio membership. So if you're not in the membership, you're not going to be able to get access to the recording. So please join live on the night and please don't ask for the recording afterwards unless you're obviously in the membership where you'll get access because i will not be able to make it available to you the webinar itself will be 45 minutes to an hour max and then i'll stay on as long as is needed afterwards to answer any of your your questions the webinar itself is limited to the first 500 therapists that register so my my webinar my free webinars get get subscribed pretty quickly so if you want to get involved um, the best way to secure your place is check out any of my social channels and um, the links to, to sign up are actually on there so i'm at new graph physio on instagram i'm at new graph physio on facebook i'm andy barker on linkedin or alternatively you can email me uh, directly andy at newgraphphysio.com and I will send you a private link to register. I'm really looking forward to this. I've not done a free uh, webinar for a little while now um, just because of various other commitments. So I really hope you can join me. And just a final note, this webinar is not about hamstrings um, and I'm actually going to use a, an example of the Nordic hamstring exercise and I spoke through it a little bit on this sort of podcast episode. But I'm using it as an example to show you why rehab cannot just be about strength. And I've got some data, some evidence, some papers to sort of back this up. But there'll be a whole, whole host of other examples in there as well. Um, the webinar is ultimately around about how to plan a proper rehab program from start to finish. Something that you need to be able to do for every patient that you see, regardless of their injury, their age, whatever their, their end goal is, rehab planning. It's something that's not taught um, very well, if at all, at, um, at university. And it's something that a lot of therapists, you know, young and old, you know, new and experienced, really, really struggle with. Um, this could also be the last time I present for free, a free webinar in 2022. So I've got quite a lot of um, commitments, particularly sports-wise, um, over the autumn. So I might struggle time-wise. So this is something certainly 
not to be missed. So to secure your seat right now for my free why you cannot why you sorry why you can go wrong getting strong webinar then please get in contact um via my socials or email and i will get right back to you with the information so thanks as always for your time and attention and joining me on this week's podcast episode as always any questions um, please give me a shout and hope to see you on next week's webinar thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off I just wanted to make sure you did not miss this. Alongside his podcast, Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time, avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new Grad Physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.